<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder and CEO of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rulebook and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real tech advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman, from hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more. Whether you're pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. After several successful years leading teams at popular retail brands like Nautica and Victoria's Secret, Michelle Grant found herself looking for a new challenge. Not only that, the underlying messages of the exclusive lingerie industry were wearing on her mind. And instead of attempting to work through burnout, Michelle listened to her gut. She quit her nine to five job, learned the ins and outs of building a business and ended up launching Lively, a lingerie brand built on the mission to empower and innovate all while providing ultimate comfort. Seven years later, Michelle isn't just leading a brand, she's leading and inspiring a community of women to live passionately and confidently. But Michelle's approach to business has been a little unconventional. She didn't just launch with a product, she launched with an idea. And on this episode of Work Party, Michelle is giving us the lowdown on her pivot away from the traditional business plans and how she continues to innovate in the lingerie industry and what it means to live, work, and play in beta. So welcome, Michelle, to the Work Party. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. This is awesome. I'm so excited to have you. I've known you for a long time and have been able to see all of your incredible success. So I'm so excited to dive in and learn more. So let's start at the beginning. Can you share a little bit about your background and what happened after you graduated college and moved to New York? Yeah. I mean, I think the quick and dirty is I grew up in rural Pennsylvania, like a mile away from Amish country. And I was the you know, I'm the daughter of two Indian immigrant parents. And so I grew up in an area that was absolutely beautiful, but there was one Indian family and it was mine. And so doctor, lawyer, investment banker were really pretty much the options that I thought were set out for me. And so when I graduated from college with a degree in finance, I thought I needed to do one of those three things. But honestly, like I did a bunch of internships and my internships like really solidified. I don't love the intangible. I love the tangible and I loved fashion found my way very haphazardly, honestly, to New York. I was like going to random job fairs. Like my college didn't really recruit to New York. They recruited to Chicago and Pittsburgh. 
And so I would just mm. go to Jeff Rutgers. They would have a job fair on X day. And so I would just walk in like one of the students, UConn job fair, walk in and luckily got a job in New York working for Federated in fashion merchandising, um, which essentially was just being in spreadsheets all day, writing purchase orders. But that was like the moment when I realized, let's just try something different. Packed a U-Haul after graduation and drove. Amazing. And so now you're one of the most connected people in the industry, which really shows the value of networking community, especially living in you know, a place like New York City. So what was your strategy like when you arrived there that you're like, okay, I need to start building relationships and I need to start making a living? Like how did those two things coincide and how did you kind of learn how to make your way in a, a new place? Yeah. I mean, I'd love to say I had a strategy, but I think I went with what just kind of got me to New York in the first place. And that was connecting with humans on a deeper level. And so I would spend the time like trying to understand like my boss, what moved her, what excited her. And in the end, she wanted to be around me more. She would invite me to different meetings. You know, I kind of peeled back her layers and we ended up like grabbing lunch a couple of times and going early. We chat about the weekend and like fostering like true authentic relationships is really step one. Two was really just putting myself everywhere. So if there was an event, I went. If I could get invited to a meeting, I went. Like I worked 12 to 15 hours a day. And I would say four of those hours were just being in places where I thought I could be introduced to smart people. After that, I think it's always showing up. So when someone invites you somewhere, connect with them, thank them and have a memorable moment. So for me, it's all about human connection. I guess that's the best way to explain it. Yeah, I love that advice because I think it's so true. It's just being in the mix is like a large part of what is creates your network at the beginning, especially. So, you know, fast forward, you're living and working in New York. You're a director of Victoria's Secret for almost four years now, but you're bored. So what happened next and how did you take that leap? Yeah, you know, I went from like skipping to work every day and even going in on Saturdays because I love my job so much. I wanted to be like ahead come Monday. I was such a dork. <laughs> but it just became more about PowerPoint and presentation and politics. It wasn't about, you know, what I went there for, which was brand and brand building. Mm. Enter social media, the rise of Facebook. You know, we're in 2011. Everyone is on their phones shopping and no one was talking about that. We weren't talking about maternity. We weren't talking about size inclusivity. And then finally I was like, I don't even wear this brand anymore. Like, what am I doing? So, you know, it's probably not the most like popular thing to share, but I got married and that changed me. You know, I started to think about, whoa, this guy married me for me, like all my flaws, but there's no brand that ever really celebrated that. Like there was no one that was like, this nice Indian girl from Pennsylvania with this flaws and this funny, like awkward shaped body and so forth should be celebrated. And, but social media was. And so that was what kind of stood out to me is that social media was celebrating uniqueness, but brands were not. Then I also looked at my bosses, my greatest mentors, my heroes, they were kicking ass at work, but at home, like you didn't see that connection with their kids or their spouses. Like they weren't, loving the home life. And I remember even, you know, being at my wedding and thinking about that and thought there's got to be another way. And so started just like, I joke, I crossed 14th street from corporate America and just started meeting with people in the startup world. I had no plan. 
no plan, just knew something had to change. Yeah. I mean, it's really fascinating because for so long, Victoria's Secret felt like the only option. Like growing up, it was like you went there to get your first bra. And, you know, now it's interesting seeing like essentially the fall from grace of just like that idealistic you know, perfect image has been completely shattered and and in part due to brands like Lively. So you weren't seeing in the market and you were like, I'm going to start Lively. So what was your first move as founder and CEO of Lively? And what were the early days like? Yeah. I mean, I'd love to say there was a strategy. Step one was like just quitting on a Friday. And I started Lively on a Monday, but it didn't have a name. It didn't have like a hard plan. I just knew there was room for something different. And that's the thing that I geek out on in general. I think people assume when you are an entrepreneur, you have to create something brand new from scratch yeah. that doesn't exist. But I actually think that like when you tweak and make something more relevant, that's where it's fun. So I knew I needed to tweak and make something more relevant in the space. It started with literally, I walked into an office with a notepad by myself and wrote a list of everything that I didn't know how to do. And I just started meeting with people that were really good at those things. Like, Google Analytics, no clue. Fulfillment, no clue. Packaging, no clue. And just started using that network. You know, your first question, just started meeting with people and putting the blocks together. And then organically, you know, the idea for Lively came together, which was women don't love the bras they wear Monday through Friday. Yet on Saturday and Sunday, they wear sports bras. And the thing that stuck with me is 60% of the time, they were not even working out. They were just wearing them because they were more comfortable. And I would wear swim tops as bras. Like I just thought bikinis were more comfortable. So then I was like, right, we could just bring all this together and make something different. That's, that's how it started. And then I just started using two degrees of separation because I felt like I wanted to be around people that I would have the best time with. And who do you have the best time with your friends and family? And then I went one degree further because I didn't want to have the responsibility of their professional livelihood on my shoulders. So I just kind of started meeting with people and saying like, do you know anyone creative? Do you know anyone in this space? Like, let's just figure out what we need. There's no plan. You just keep taking steps forward. Hey listeners, we're taking a quick break to talk about one of my favorite skincare brands, Bliss. Founded in 1996 in New York City's Soho, Bliss ignited the modern spa revolution and championed skincare as self-care before it was a trend. And now more than two decades later, they've leveraged that unique spa experience we all know and love and combined it with the latest in skincare innovation to make products that are affordable yet crazy effective. We all know wearing SPF daily is a must, but Bliss believes you should enjoy wearing it. And let me tell you, I love wearing my Bliss Block Star sunscreen. The 100% clean mineral daily sunscreen blends like a dream on my skin and delivers broad spectrum protection with a smooth, never greasy finish. The sheer universal tint blends in effortlessly without a white cast. I can wear it alone or under my makeup as a primer. Either way, the Blockstar never pills and leaves my face feeling fresh. Plus, the formula is non-commodogenic, which means it won't block pores, cause breakouts, irritate your skin, or leave it feeling greasy. And Bliss is a B Corp certified, clean, cruelty-free, planet-friendly skincare brand on a mission to empower everyone to achieve a higher state of happy, one self-care moment at a time. All Bliss products are thoughtfully formulated to be safe and free from harmful substances you don't want on your skin or in your body. 
There's nothing more important than wearing SPF every day when it comes to self-care. And the Blockstar Daily Mineral SPF 30 is the sunscreen you will actually want to wear. So head to blissworld.com for 25% off your purchase of Blockstar Daily Mineral Sunscreen. Use code PARTY at checkout. That's 25% off your first purchase of Blockstar Daily Mineral Sunscreen. Hi, I'm Shanae Alexander, host of Press Send, a podcast and more importantly, a safe and hilarious place for candid conversations about the scary, funny, heartbreaking, but always intriguing questions that make us all human. Each week, me and a new best friend you haven't met yet field your questions across any and all topics and offer our take on the matter with plenty of humor, heart, and badassery along the way. We launch a new episode of Press Send every Wednesday. We'll see you there. What's interesting is that now this feels so obvious, but like early on when you started, you took this community first approach and you've had major success with your ambassador program. So can you tell us a little bit about the ambassador program and how that worked to your benefit? Yeah. You know, Lively's, the whole idea for Lively was I grew up loving brands, walking Fifth Avenue, like taking lunch money to get on a bus and just walk those brands. Those were my friends. That was my way of connecting. And if I was going to build a brand that was really what I had a vision for, which was representing how women feel in America and loving like social media and how that would come through. We really needed them to build the brand. And so that idea of community just came from focus groups. It came from a, that was the business strategy. It was like, let's take what they like and make that the brand. And then when we realized like these focus groups, people were hanging out way longer than we asked them to. And they wanted to know what was next. That's when we realized, right, this has so much more legs. Like you have to have a community in real life and online. So mm. really 50 people, you know, in New York and hundred people on social media, that was the community, <laughs> but it guided everything that yeah. being successful about lively and still successful today with now 160,000 ambassadors. Yeah. That's incredible. I mean, and I think it's also, you know, a testament to say like 50 people can make such 50 dedicated people who love your brand can actually make such a huge impact. And the ripple effects of that is huge. So eventually you found a shared purpose with Wacol, um, which is a legendary brand in this space. And you were acquired by the department store a few years after launch, which is unheard of. Most, you know, startups 10 plus years for acquisition. So you raised money. So talk to us about the raising of the money and then talk to us about how you we're like, okay, we're going to team up and partner with Wacol and go through an acquisition quite early. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I started Lively, it was, you know, idea in 2015, launch in 2016. And, you know, I say that because that was a time when it was VC or bust in New York City. Like that was just the mantra and the vibe. Very different time. You know, I just like to say that. But, you know, I saw what was happening with, you know, digital acquisition. And if you had your math right and you understand retention and acquisition, you knew that raising capital would allow you to build a company fast, but also still focus on community and brand. So Mm. fundraising for me was a little backwards. I um, actually went to my suppliers first. And that's how I actually started Lively was with my supplier, who's now like one of my closest friends and first investor, but they're the largest manufacturer for intimates for Walmart. And so economies of scale was the idea to have someone that could help me make a really unique product at an amazing, accessible price to America. Step two was once we you know, saw Lightning, which we were so fortunate to see, the VCs were reaching out because they have credit card data and they could see what's happening. But I needed like, I saw a vision of a trifecta. So supplier, 
strategic, someone that could be a mentor and help me vet, like, what does the future look like having been a sole, you know, entrepreneur and sole founder. And then a VC, of course, because they are going to connect you with so many amazing people and help you see outside of your own category. But it was hard. I mean, I found out I was pregnant, my second child. And you're like, oh, do people want to know this? Is this something that is okay? And it was a little nerve wracking, but I did raise three times. And my strategy was to raise small and fast. Yeah. Never take more money than I thought I knew what to do with and never take a valuation that I didn't feel like I could meet. I kind of treated it like we were a public company. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice. And I love the trifecta angle. I mean, I think having your manufacturers invested literally in your company, you know, whether it's equity or cash or whatever is a huge, huge, huge win. Because at the end of the day, you are reliant in many ways on on their performance and and what they're doing. So totally, totally aligned. And yes, that, that makes a ton of sense. So now, you know, you're, you're in this role, you're always looking for new opportunities or levers for growth. So can you share more about your approach to levers and maybe a few examples of how entrepreneurs can activate them for their businesses? Yes. Number one, like don't pull all your levers in year one to two and three, (laughs) right? Like 60% of startups don't even make it past year five. You want levers to pull as your company gets bigger. So for me, my levers were obviously being a DVC company, you know, our website was store number one. Then you have wholesale, you know, think Nordstrom, et cetera. Then you have mass wholesale, think Target. Then you have international category expansion. We went with what felt natural to us. We felt like in building a brand, you have to really understand your brand and then be very, very consistent. And you're just playing the tape over and over and over again, which a lot of people get bored with. But that's how you build a brand. And that's how you build like that stickiness. Because everyone sees Victoria's Secret, they feel the same thing. You want everyone to see lively and feel the same thing. Mm -hmm. And very different, but the same vibe, regardless of culture and where you live. So for us, we were like, all right, internet first, (laughs) we're lively.com. And then we went with Nordstrom literally two years later, two years after that target. And just now are we starting international in our sixth year? So if you have ever had exposure to a public company or a big corporation, comping your year in the year prior and constantly growing is so hard. Hold your levers and like treat each one of them with so much respect and nourishment that you're almost like getting to that place of almost maxing. You're at 60 to 70% on that lever and start pulling the next. If you tune in every week that I'm sure by now, you know all about my obsession with Printfresh. I love the luxury sleepwear brand for so many reasons. Their sleepwear is full of colorful, whimsical patterns that are beautifully screen printed by hand onto the softest fabrics I've ever owned. But there's more to Printfresh than meets the eye. Printfresh was founded by powerhouse textile designer and fashion entrepreneur Amy Voloshin, who designs each piece in-house at her studio in Philadelphia. She's inspired by her passions, which include plants and animals, and can be found detailed in some of my own favorite Printfresh patterns. The spring sets are so stunning. I just ordered myself the Vibrant Hydrangea Hideaway Cami and crop pants set. And I still can't get over Good Dog, a charming dog print printed on everything from robes to nightgowns. You guys know how much I love dogs. The whimsical and unique dyes begin as gauche paintings, which are then translated into these amazing digital illustrations. The final patterns are turned into fabrics by artisan partners in India who screen print or embroider on 100% organic cotton by hand. 
PrintFresh is also amazing because it's a women-owned and operated luxury sleepwear brand with inclusivity and sustainability in mind. Sizes range from extra small petite to 6X and offer women's, men's, and all gender silhouettes so anyone can find their perfect fit. With fast shipping and free exchanges, PrintFresh makes it easy to give the gifts of comfort this Mother's Day. Even if you're shopping last minute or having trouble picking out the perfect sleep set, PrintFresh gift cards can take the stress and guesswork out of gift tape. My PrintFresh sets are my favorite sets, and I know you will absolutely feel the same. So head to printfresh.com slash work party or use code party for 15% off your first order. Shop sustainably, support an incredible women-owned business, and sleep in luxury with PrintFresh. That's printfresh.com slash work party or use code party when checking out. When it comes to essentially someone who's like, I don't know what lever to start with. Like, what does my business need? Do you think it's listening to your internal gut? Do you think it's doing the research? Like, how do you sort of, you know, decide between data and gut? And like, where does that live? There's three things you should think about. Number one, what does your team look like, right? And so my team was very much built around building lively digitally. We did not have a team for wholesale or for stores. So the idea of pulling those other levels, levers would mean either doing it pretty, you know, happy or hiring a team that we may not have had capital for. So number one, look at your team. Number two, really understand, can you sustain it? Do you have the inventory and the wherewithal? Because a lot of people will launch in a Saks or a Nordstrom and then they can't keep up or they don't understand the math. So like, yes, do your research. And then number three, really understand is now the time. That's your stomach. Like, do you really need this? Can your mind share actually handle it? Yeah. So essentially in order for something to evolve, you always have to be testing is kind of, you know, this idea, which brings us to our next topic, which is living in the beta phase. So can you break this down a little bit uh, more for us? Yeah. So I think as an entrepreneur, you have to live in beta. You have to always live in, you know, 60% what is working right now, 40% what could work next. This is so cheesy, but my children watch Encanto and there's a song called Tuaragitas and it's about the world constantly changing. And it's the cutest thing, but it's true. And it's like, if you're comfortable, you're not ready for next. You should always be slightly uncomfortable as an entrepreneur because that means you are really uncovering what is going to sustain your brand. The most successful brands are both timeless and timely. So think like Hermes, think Ralph Lauren. They still feel and look and say the same things, but how they're saying it is constantly changing. And so as entrepreneurs, we have to think about that. And team, which is really tough, like really thinking about how to evolve your team and where you're selling and what you're selling. So beta is like you're trying four things constantly and probably one will work. Maybe, but you're also always, always testing. Yeah. Oh my God. Brands are always timeless and timely. Like what a great quote. And so true. So, so, so true. So I love that. So looking back, what do you think it takes to be a founder today? Yeah. Slightly crazy. Yeah. You have to be slightly insane for sure. You have to be a real optimist. I mean, you have to be able to take the negative, like roll it up in a ball, chuck it. You have to like kind of be able to filter the noise and see this like utopian thing. It all, it sounds really, you know, I think out there, but you have to manifest and believe. And, you know, I kind of, I look back at my first PowerPoint that I made around Lively and it was so terrible, but I carried it with me everywhere. And anyone that would listen, I would tell them. And in my mind, I knew they were like, they're not really listening. They probably think I'm insane. This is me practicing. This is me convincing myself that this will happen. 
right? And so number one, it's that optimism and that belief. Number two, you have to be mentally like so, so agile. And that's mm. that I tell everyone that's your, that, that is your hack as an entrepreneur. You have, you have to know how to nourish it. Like how much food, how much sleep, how much exercise so that you can take all the bullets that are about to come. Like someone's punching you in the face kind of all day. You're just like, <laughs> doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. <laughs> there it is again. The sound of another sweet, sweet sale on Shopify. The all-in-one commerce platform you need to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify offers entrepreneurs the resources to sell products to anyone, anywhere, at any time, which means you could be selling your products in person at a pop-up event with a POS system, online through a fully supported e-com site. You can also utilize Shopify on social platforms in an online marketplace or both. Shopify is truly a platform that will catapult your business idea into a reality. And once it's real, anything is possible. Back when I launched my business, I never in my wildest dreams thought I'd be where I am today. An author, podcast host, founder, angel investor, supporting most incredible up and coming brands in the market. And it's been a journey, but that's the beauty of entrepreneurship. Drive sales, manage your day to day, connect with your customers online and across social networks with an ever growing suite of integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and so much more. Shopify makes it so easy to gain insights as your business grows by sharing detailed reporting on conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. I trust Shopify with my business because as we grow, they grow with us. It's just that simple. Every 28 seconds, an entrepreneur, just like you, makes their first sale on Shopify. Maybe one day I might even see your biz at one of our Create and Cultivate future pop-ups. Go to shopify.com slash party, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash party right now. That's shopify.com slash party. So when you look back again to your beginning of your career, your first power, all these things, what advice would you give yourself? Number one, I would say take better care of myself. Mm -hmm. I think the first two years I was, I was not healthy. I was not doing great. I don't think I was being a good leader in that. Like I had my son and was going back to work after three or four weeks, like not a good example. Number two, I would say it's all about team, you know, to build and grow. You have to really surround yourself with the right people and know that it's not family, it's sports. It's a combination of making sure you have the right people on the field at the right time. And then lastly, it's like, think short and long everything is a moment, right? So the shitty moments are only for a certain amount of time. And the good moments too, are only for a certain amount of time. Always looking forward to next while celebrating or brushing off the moment. Wow. I love that so much that your team is not a family. It's a, think of it more as a sports team. And I think that's right. The right players in the field at the right time. So Michelle, what's next for you and lively? And is there anything particularly excited you're excited about looking forward? Yeah. I mean, you know, post-acquisition, I'm not going to lie that there's a lot of integration that has to happen. And there was mm. a lot of, you know, moving parts. And now I feel like the dust has settled on that. And so we're really excited about what we just built and launched in Target recently with All You Lively. We might have some new stores coming to a city near you. And our products are constantly rolling out with what our community has asked for, some pretty epic innovation Oh, love to hear it. So let's end with some rapid fire questions. My, are you ready? My morning routine includes? A sweat. Any kind of sweat. Absolutely. I exercise my creativity by? I would say trying all sorts of things. Like behind me is a whiteboard with all sorts of nonsense. My number one tip for networking is? Be authentic. Just be a human. Don't try. Just be you. 
And my favorite lively piece right now is. Ooh, the long line lace bralette. I'm showing Jacqueline my bra. <laughs> I love it. I love it. it may, it's perfect for this conversation. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. Can you tell everyone where they can follow you and shop lively online? Sure. So check out lively, where lively.com at where lively on social. And I'm the underscore Michelle Graham. Amazing. Thanks, Michelle. For more inspiring conversations like this one, follow the Work Party Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party.